Welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to Back to Church Sunday. Uh, this is really any Sunday is a great opportunity of just coming back to church. Whether it's your first time, your hundred and first time, maybe your thousand and first time here to Alger Assembly of God, we say welcome. We say thank you for coming and being a part of Alger Assembly of God, our worship service, either in person or online. And so we invite people back to church. Certainly there's a lot of reasons why sometimes we're not at church or why some people maybe would choose not to come. Maybe you've heard some of them. In fact, there was a pastor who had heard many different reasons about individuals maybe not making it out to church. He decided to write an article, but he, he thought, well, I'll, I'll change it. I don't want to write it where it's about people coming to church or not coming to church. So in this COVID era, I'm going to change it. And so he titled the article, Why I Never Wash My Hands. So all of these are reasons why not to wash your hands, but see if you see some of his points as to maybe how it might tie into some who maybe would choose not to come to a church. So he wrote this, why I never wash my hands. I never wash my hands because I was forced to wash my hands as a child. He says, people who wash their hands are hypocrites. They think they're cleaner than everyone else. He said this, I don't wash my hands because there are so many different kinds of soap. I can't decide which one is best. So I don't wash my hands. Little by little, you're kind of getting the gist of where he's going with this. He said, I used to wash my hands, but then I got bored and I stopped. He said, I don't wash my hands because none of my friends wash their hands. He says, I'll wash my hands when I get older and dirtier. He says, I don't wash my hands because I, I simply can't find the time. He said, I don't wash my hands because people who make soap, they're only after your money. He says, I don't wash my hands because I don't like the songs that people sing in the bathroom. Catching his point. I don't, I don't wash my hands because I know how to stay clean without washing. He said, I don't wash my hands because the last time I washed my hands, somebody was rude to me. He says, I don't wash my hands because I know someone who washes their hands every day and they still smell bad. Got the point. He said, I don't believe in soap. I sat beside a whole case of soap for an hour and nothing happened to my hands. He says, I don't wash my hands because washing your hands is for people much dirtier than the hands that I have. He says, I will wash my hands when I find the bathroom that is exactly right for me. He says, I don't wash my hands because I only believe in things I can see, and I can't see bacteria. I don't wash my hands because I watch other people washing their hands. I, wash my, I don't wash my hands because there are a lot of clean people who never wash their hands. He says, wash day is the only day I have to sleep in. In fact, I don't wash my hands because my wife washes her hands enough for the whole family. Maybe you catch the point that this pastor was trying to make. There's a lot of reasons, perhaps, of 
washing hands or not washing hands, going to church, not going to church. And in a very simple way, we just say, we want you to be welcome to come. How your assembly of God to worship at a church? Some of you watching, some of you listening to us online. Love to have you join with us at some point here in person. I don't know your situation. I don't know how you grew up. Some of you, maybe you grew up and you were in church every time the door was open with your parents, with your grandparents, and, and you were at church literally all week long. Some of you, maybe you grew up in a home and that was not your routine. That was not the habit. Uh, maybe you rarely or never went to church. So there's a lot of different history, a lot of different backgrounds or makeups. And in, in some cases, Sunday kind of just seems like another day. It's just like a Saturday. It's the second day of the weekend, a day perhaps not to work or a day perhaps not to have school. So there's a lot of different viewpoints when it comes to Sundays. I tell you, for me, not just because you know my dad has been a pastor and, and I went to Bible college and am in ministry, but Sunday's always been to me as a kid kind of the highlight of my week. I don't know. That's some of you have had that same approach. I, I remember growing up as a kid, and most of my childhood was spent in Springfield, Illinois, and my mom was our kids' church teacher for many years. And certainly I don't remember everything about my childhood or everything about kids' church, but I know that mom was creative and clever and fun. In fact, at that particular church, we had what was called a chapel. And uh, so it was kind of like this, but shrunken and smaller. Uh, it had pews. It's where our senior citizens had some of their services. Uh, I think sometimes it was used maybe for uh, like a, a small funeral or something, but just kind of a, a smaller room uh, that was, you know, geared for services. And, and that's where we met for kids. And mom, mom had some energetic ways to try to get us to learn God's word and, and memorize. And one thing that's, that sticks out to me, she had what I think she called the country store. We're talking probably 40 years ago or, or so. But I think it was called the country store. And mom took some of our Monopoly money, photocopied them, cut them up, changed the colors. It's like, uh, you know, printing illegal money, that mom of mine. Changed the colors so it was legit, right? But we would receive these little bucks. For things that we did. If we showed up, if, if we brought our Bible, if we learned a memory verse, if we were good during the, the kids' service, if we maybe won a game or did this or did that or brought a friend. And so you would accumulate these little country store bucks or something like that, had a little wallet. And once a month, I think it was, she would, she would bring out some of these tables of goodies, right? Uh, just a, whether it's candy or whether it's little trinkets or toys or games. I, I was particularly fond of Hot Wheels cars. I think mom had some Hot Wheels cars. And I could use my little country store bucks that I earned on some of these little gifts or toys. One other thing that I think sticks out for me, uh, we had, yes, back in the day, the big flannel graph board. But mom had books of the Bible flannel graph um, pieces. So they were, you know, long, narrow rectangles, and it would be a game. They would all be in, in random order, and you would have to unscramble them and put them in order from Genesis to Revelation and see who could do that in the quickest time. 
And that, that, was, that was fun. I, I think, from my memory here, getting much older, I think I did pretty well at that. But mom did a lot of creative things for kids to encourage interest in coming and being a part of a church and learning about God. Obviously, I had a Christian home, and I, and I had a dad who loved God and preached the gospel. Not every kid that was in there had that. But I, I remember that was a, a part of my childhood. I sensed a call to ministry as a young boy and, and to follow the Lord in ministry. Went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. And went to Central Bible College. I, I went to James River Church, James River Assembly of God. And during most of my years there and was a part of the worship team. Uh, it, it is Kind of funny that over, over time, uh, you know, as a young boy in fifth grade, I learned to play the saxophone. I played in church and, and uh, played at James River and played in early on in ministry. I've told you the story how I was thrown in onto the drums. And ever since that point, everything's been in reversed. The saxophone that I studied, that I had lessons to play, I have hardly rarely played that. And the drums that I've never had a lesson to play and I got thrown on, I've played pretty much every week in the last 20, 30 years. But in James River, uh, the, the habit as a student who was studying to be a part of the ministry was going to church. Now, this was a Bible college, central Bible college. And on Mondays, you had to take attendance as to where you went to church on Sunday. So you were required to sign in as to where you went to church. What did my Sunday look like as a college student? Was it sleeping in and sneaking in somewhere on a Sunday night? No. It's being a part of the worship team practice for a couple of hours on a Saturday. And then coming in, being a part, playing the saxophone on the worship team. And when we were done with worship, I would then head to the Sunday school class already in session. They had classes during each of the services. Because there were multiple services. So play the saxophone and go to Sunday school during the first service. Come back to church, play the saxophone, and sit in on that service. And then get ready for the third service. Play the saxophone and then head out early for lunch. Although sometimes I'd stick around and listen to the second service twice. I don't know. For me, Sundays have always been a big part of the week, best day of the week. That might not be your thought or your history growing up. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 122, verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know what your thought is when it comes to church. When it comes time to say, hey, what do you think about going to church or what do you want to do today? Are you sad? Are you mad? Are you glad? I, I don't know. The psalmist here says, I was glad one day when, when somebody said, let's go to God's house. So today, when it comes to back to church Sunday, we're taking just a little bit of a, a pause. We're right in the middle uh, of our Nehemiah series entitled Rebuild. If you want a little extra time, uh, study chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 is where we're going next week, looking at refreshing and rebuilding our, our lives, our homes, our families, our church. But today, just to pause a little something different, just a handful of thoughts, quite a few actually, so some, some scriptures and thoughts and some practicality of thoughts. 
as to how and why Sundays can be and should be the best part, greatest part of our week. I want to encourage you with just a, a handful of reasons. If you're taking notes, you'll need to do so kind of quick because we've got quite a few to get through. Just a handful of thoughts. Reasons why you and I can and should come to church. For some of you, reasons why you're already here. Reasons why you've chosen to come today. For others, maybe it'd be a reason to encourage somebody to come with you next week. For that friend or that family member, that coworker, that classmate. So we're going to move our way through pretty quickly. We've got quite a few to get through. But I want to share a number of reasons why you and I ought to be a part of church. First of all, why come to church? It's so that we can grow. Now, certainly we grow physically by eating and doing other things, hopefully uh, taking care of our bodies. But spiritually, you and I are to learn and to grow in Christ. When we come to church, we're, we're exposed to the teaching of and the preaching of the word of God, enabling us to grow. It, it, it kind of helps us understand the priorities. What is important? What is it that God desires? What is it that God and his word teaches? So whether that's a, a small group or a Sunday school class at 930 of that discipleship hour for boys or for girls or for adults, or whether it's right here during a 1030 worship service as we go through Nehemiah verse by verse or some of the other books of the Bible, topics of the Bible, texts of the Bible that we've looked at, it's helpful to help us to grow. I want to grow. I want to know Jesus Christ even better in a closer way, in a closer relationship than I did when I first came to, to the Lord. You think about that in a friendship. You think about that in a marriage. Today being Kim's birthday, I, I think back to uh, the years that we've spent together uh, in knowing one another and our, our marriage. I want to know Kim better today than I did that first day that we met at Big Prairie walking around the circle. And I want to know her better tomorrow than I did today. Why? There's, there's that connection. There's that relationship. I want to grow in that connection with her. Even more so, I want to grow in my walk with God. And so as we grow, part of that growing, it's helpful when you and I come, we learn, we grow in our, in our classes, in our studies, in our services. Why come to church? It helps us to grow. Second, why come? It's because I want to obey. I want to do what God says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we read this. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. God's word encourages us to get together, to meet together, to grow together. In fact, there's a, a handful, there's a variety of other scriptural instructions and commands Galatians says, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And there's a handful of others where it says, serve one another in love, submit to the spiritual authorities, take the Lord's Supper, get teaching, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. There's a handful of teachings and encouragements and instructions and commands that we really can't follow unless we're a part of this body of Christ. So we encourage you to come. Why? To grow, to do what God says. Thirdly, 
to be around people who will sharpen you. Now, hopefully, sharpen in a good way, right? Scripture in Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man or one individual sharpens another. That doesn't mean, take a look here, doesn't mean that everybody or anybody in this place is perfect. But you're going to be around some other people, hopefully with that heart and that goal and that desire to honor God, to please God, to serve God. And in the classes and in the services and in some of the fellowship and in some of the serving together, they're nudging and encouraging you, sharpening you in Christ. Be a part of a local body here at Alger Assembly of God. Number four, why? Why come? Why attend? To live a longer life. That seems like a little bit of a stretch, you say. Deuteronomy chapter 32, a couple of verses there, the Bible says, those who take to heart the words of God will live a long life. Now, does that mean that you show up at church once or twice or five times? You just automatically add some time onto your life. You know, do we have like a little internal clock that once you you, you walk in the church, you, you see that, that lifespan change? It doesn't necessarily mean that. But it's interesting, there's a number of secular studies, and they verify that people who faithfully attend church at least three out of four weekends a month live, on average, about seven years longer than those who don't. That was interesting, that a secular study discovers those who are faithful to church, those who are faithful to honor God, faithful to worship together, to grow together, it seems also very practical in living. How about number five? Why come? Why be a part of a local body, local church like Alger Assembly of God? To train our children. I think back to my younger days, whether that's in children uh, with mom as my teacher or others, some of the Sunday school classes, boys' ministries. The goal is to learn more about God, to learn more about His Word, Our kids learn a lot about math and science and social studies and English. And there's a lot of other studies, some of which are maybe more fun than others. You probably have some of the things that you enjoy going to. And and some of those classes, you're just not crazy. You just sit through. Why not as well learn and grow in God's word, something that's really going to impact our lives for the future? I want our girls, I I want the the kids of our church to be able to hear God's word taught in in a way that they can understand, that they can learn. Even now as we speak, Kim's having a great time leading and teaching our kids. They're going to learn about God. They're going to have some fun doing that. Great opportunity of training our children. Sixthly, to strengthen our marriage There's a a lot of different statistics when it comes to homes and marriages in the church, outside of the church. A professor named Bradley Wright at the University of Connecticut has found that Christians who rarely attend church divorce at about a 60% rate. Those who attend church regularly divorce at a significantly lower rate. Now, I wish, I wish that the studies would say faithful people to the house of God never get divorced. Unfortunately, that, that is not said. That's not found out or, or borne out. 
but studies or statistics would seem to indicate there is a stronger case and a stronger correlation. Strengthening our homes, strengthening our marriage. From the very beginning with, with Kim and I, most of you know three is our number. We met on July 3rd, 1999. Kim's birthday is today, October 3rd. We got married on June 3rd. And we've always said from the very beginning that a, a faithful and a successful marriage takes three. It's God at the very heart. God at the very center of a husband and wife. Part of what we've encouraged in, in other couples and other young people throughout the years. Strengthening a marriage is, I'm going to put God at the center of the marriage, and so we're going to worship together. We're going to bring our kids up together to know and to love and to serve Jesus Christ. Interesting one, number seven, to receive a better outlook on life. Studies show that people who attend church regularly are more optimistic and hope-filled than non-churchgoers. I enjoy some positivity. I enjoy some optimism and encouragement. A little different kind of message today as we take a look at some scriptures. We take a look at some different studies. But we take a look as well at number eight. Why come? Why worship together? Why attend church Scripture encourages us to build rewards in heaven. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but encourage us to store treasures up in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, there are some things that Scripture talks about. It talks about crowns for faithful service and, and some of the honors and some of the rewards. But th this is not about, a, let me see what I can do to get the gold star or get the smiley faces. But I'm going to work for I'm going to serve him faithfully. Not all the times that we work or serve faithfully are recognized or even known about, but God sees, God understands, and there are honors and rewards in heaven. Number nine, why be a part of a local body? Because I want to invest in eternity. I want to make a difference, not just in my life, but in other lives, something that will last. How many of you have ever bought something that didn't last very long? Could be something in a vehicle, could be an appliance, could be a toy, could be an article of clothing. I mean, you, you buy something, you're excited about it. And sometimes that you know, sticks in kids' minds when they get a toy or they buy a toy or they receive a toy you know, for their birthday or for Christmas, and they start playing with it, and five minutes in, it breaks. Oh, the, the heartbreak, right? The tears, Sometimes even for adults, we have something that doesn't last very long. Sometimes we're so focused on the here and now, we're focused on the immediate, we're focused on today, we're focused on tomorrow, and we're not giving much of a thought to down the road. We often don't focus on the things that last. Coming and being a part of a church, hearing about God, His Word taught and preached, encourages us. We're, we're a part of something bigger than us, but we're a part of something that will last eternally. What Jesus has done and provided for you and for me in salvation, forgiveness, it's not just to kind of sort of help us through today. It's to change our lives for eternity. Freedom, forgiveness of sins. We're investing in eternity, which 
ultimately leads to number 10. Because we want to see other people come to know Jesus. I'm thankful. I'm excited. It's back to church Sunday. We've got the, uh, the, the sanctuary filled with the blessings and the donation of chairs and pew benches. We've got some room for some family members who need to know Jesus. How about you just begin looking at some of the seats around you? Maybe the ones right next to where you're sitting. Or some maybe it's the ones right in front of you. No surprise, um, the entire front row all the way across is empty. Plenty of room right up there. Yes. But she moved up. She, she used to be in the 10th row. Now she's in the 9th. Of course, we made only nine rows. But I want you to look around and you see chairs that are empty. Begin to think about a family member. Begin to think about a friend. Begin to think about a neighbor. Begin to think about a classmate. Begin to think about people you encounter in your life in the community who don't know Jesus Christ. And think about if they were to sit in one of these chairs to surrender their heart and their life to Jesus. Now understand, they don't have to come and sit in this chair to get saved. It's not the requirement of the Word of God. You must sit in an Alger Assembly of God chair. It's not there. But many times, sometimes more often than not, somebody invited to a church, somebody coming to a church service, whether it's a, a special day, a special service, or a regular day in a regular service, sometimes that's all the invitation it takes for God to nudge and to work upon somebody's heart and life and draw them to Him. So why, why be a part of a local church is to help see other people come to know Jesus. I trust that you're excited with me, but I trust that you are praying with me about God and his work, touching hearts, touching lives, and one by one beginning to fill in these chairs, beginning to fill in these rows, beginning to fill in some of those pew benches. Even if some of those people who come in and get saved choose to sit in your seat and in your row. Because you're making a difference for eternity. I want to be a part of that. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. A lot of different reasons why coming to a local church is important. So let me leave you with three quick thoughts. How do we make Sunday perhaps the best day of our week? couple brief thoughts. Number one, simply make a decision. Make a decision. At the end of Psalm 122, when David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He makes a decision. He wants to commit to the prosperity of the community, this gathering of believers, making a decision. Let's, let's not just hear about it or think about it or talk about it. Let's make the decision. Make the decision. Allow God to begin to do the work. Decide. Decide that we're going to be a part of regular attendance. Decide we're going to be a part of committing. Decide that we'll get involved and see what God can do in and through us. Second, not just making the decision. Let's put some effort and invest effort into it. Sometimes you've heard the, the phrase or the saying that, you know, you basically you'll get out what you put in. Yeah, you put in some hard work, you, you'll get something out. Invest some effort, invest some energy into things. 
And then a final, just very practical thought would be this. Take the next step for you. The next step. This was interesting. A number of years ago, a church sociologist named Wynn Arn did a study of satisfied church members, and they discovered that there were six things in common. So the sociologist said, here's six things that were in common. Number one, people would attend church regularly. Number two, they would find a place to serve in the church. Number three, they develop at least six friendships with other people in the church. Number four, they call the church my church. Number five, they give consistently. Number six, they invite others to church. And this sociologist in his study discovered these individuals proceeding and benefiting. So let me just invite you. Wherever you might be in some of these thoughts, take that next step. Whether to attend more regularly or more faithfully, whether to get involved somehow, uh, somewhere in serving, getting plugged into a ministry. Maybe that's kind of reaching outside of your sphere of connection or influence and, and finding some other friendships to be connected to. Calling out your assembly of God, your church, or giving or inviting. Whatever that next step might be, the encouragement would be take that step. Different day, different Sunday, kind of a pause in the midst of our Nehemiah Rebuild series. But I want to encourage you. It's, it's not just because it's back to church Sunday. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm encouraged about Sundays. I'm encouraged about what God's doing, what God wants to do. I want to encourage us to continue to move forward in Him. <music> 